Throughout the entire month of December, Talk Cosmos is giving away a beautiful 2020 moon calendar for those of you listening during any broadcast of Talk Cosmos on KKNW. Just give us a call at 888-298-5569 and Talk Cosmos will mail you this unique 2020 moon calendar designed by Ursula's doctor, who is an astrologer, painter, and Mexico representative for Kepler Latino America Astrology Software at Ursula's Cultural Center in Mexico City. And it can be yours by calling 888-298-5569. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hi, tonight is December 7th, and it repeats Thursday morning, December 12th at 6 to 7, and that's a.m., and that's Pacific time here on the USA West Coast. We're in the Sagittarius archetype, and tonight's subject involves the moon goddesses, especially the Greek Hecate, who the Romans, when they conquered Greek, incorporated with their goddess Diana which means light. They had worshipped her as the queen of the open sky. And according to the book of Goddesses and Heroines by Patricia uh, Monaghan, these early people in Italy, they adopted uh, Helios, which they renamed as Apollo because they didn't have a sun god and maybe because it wasn't differentiated Diana, so she was both. But this mythology of these triple goddesses, Hecate and Diana, easily relate to this coming week's Gemini full moon on December 11th, which is going to happen at 9.12 p.m. Pacific time. Because as shamanic astrologer Gemini Brett teaches, the moon reflects the light of the sun meaning that the Gemini full moon brings messages between spirit of heaven and the underworld to matter here on earth. And those messages are from the Sagittarius sun of higher mind belief systems ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter, we have to remember, recently, just a week ago, entered on December 2nd its entire year transiting Capricorn, so the language that Jupiter is speaking to the sun going to Mercury in this moon to us is the language of wisdoms of antiquity. You know, the ancients lived so close to the natural world that they experienced life constantly in changes. Einstein, he reminded us in our modern times, energies never destroyed. It only transforms. It transmutes. So Hecate and Diana as moon triple goddesses, we will discover their representations, which were, I will just briefly say, three faces and body form. Tonight, my very, very special and gifted guest ingeniously connects the ancient's mythology. I totally adore her perspective, and I'm so grateful for her presence on Talk Cosmos tonight. Ursula Stockter Bush 
is not only an astute evolutionary and traditional astrologer, but a fine artist of painting with 30 exhibitions. She's a mythologist, does tarot, and she's studied, Ursula has studied Jungian psychology, thetanology, art history besides painting. And she created Ursula's Cultural Center in Mexico City for extraordinary events, for music, lectures, exhibits, culinary functions, international astrology retreats, of which I had the tremendous fortune of recently attending when Ursula and Gemini Brett created what was called the Ta Aranis, that was for Taurus and Aranis, retreat just this past October 2019. Ursula's doctor represents cosmic pattern astrology, software Kepler and Sirius for Kepler Latino America, translating into Spanish and teaching these software classes along with Carlos Galvin, who joins here at Talk Cosmos at the end of December on the 28th. Also, I must mention, Ursula's doctor lectures nationally in Mexico and internationally around the globe. She's a global director for ESAR, and that is International Society for Astrological Research, and OPA, which is Organization for Professional Astrology, the satellite for Mexico. And for both of these outstanding astrology groups, you can find her talks when you're a member, which is a pretty fantastic deal. So find her website, the links at Talk Cosmos on the guest page for KeplerLatinoAmerica.com and Ursula's.com.mex, which this wonderful 2020 moon calendar we're giving away, she had designed for. And in fact, the Talk Cosmos website resource page now has moon phases and other sky-watching links. So check out the changes. Most of them have happened, and some are still occurring pretty quickly, I hope, soon. And subscribe, and we'll update you for guests and subjects. Well, that concludes my introduction, and I will say, Hi, Ursula. Thank you so much for this great opportunity and discovering <clears throat> the best neighbor, our moon. <laughs> Hi, Sue, my dear Sue, my dearest friend, it's so nice to speak with you and to get together and discuss this topic that's so important with the feminine energy, now that all those planets are going to be in, in feminine signs, in Capricorn, we're going to have all this Jupiter, Mercury, Moon, Sun on the 10th of January and then Uranus too. So all this feminine energy is going to be very, very strong for this coming year. It's only until Saturn goes into Aquarius, so uh, mid-April, and then it goes back again to Capricorn. So I think we all have to get more in touch with all this uh, feminine energy and get more in tune with us because um, to have a value of all our cycles and what we do have and what we don't and and like make this earth and the internal earth within us also grow so um, 
So the, I think we are really approaching to a very... Sorry, sorry, my No, dog. no, that's wonderful because Hakari has dogs. I mean, when I was researching all this, Hakari is known for her dogs, and they are just telling us, yes, yes, we must return to the earth. So, Ursula, yes, this they is are our, our <laughs> perfect. Soul that's happening with 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 Ekate, with Ekate, and with with Diana or Artemisa. We have several animals that are very important. Another animal that's going I I want to speak about is the bee. The bee is very, very important. It's very ancient. And it is like uh, this guide, the soul guides. And the bee is also one of the animals of Ekate, <laughs> not only the dog. Huh? So we even have like uh, paintings and like uh, drawings of very ancient drawings where we can see Ekate with the bee, and also with uh, with the two, two flying dogs. That's so, so impressive and so nice. But uh, first of all, I would like to speak a little bit about the moon. And we can't really speak about all these goddesses without um, seeing and uh, going more into all these great mother and the moon. Um, the relationship between the Great Mother, the temples, and the moon calendars. The moon calendars are the most ancient calendars we have. We have in Neolithic times, we have the first lunar calendar. And uh, it's always said that the, that the moon, both the sun and the moon, are powerful luminaries. But together, uh, they make this alchemical change. But the moon is going to be known for the, the cycles uh, in, in respect to her faces. So the moon is always something that's going to tell us about time, much more than the sun. Because the sun uh, comes out and, and goes down every day. But the moon, we have a whole cycle the whole cycle of a month, of a year. We have like 13 lunations, lunation cycles a year. So that's also very important. And the, we also have all these moon temples like Stonehenge that are very, very ancient that we're always like seeing how the, 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 the moon was, the shadow of the moon was changing. So these ancient Stonehenge uh, um, temples were also these uh, significant for this uh, uh, um, place where you get in touch with the underworld. So in for the moon, for the cycle of the moon, the life and death and regeneration is always the same. So. Uh, the moon and the moon goddesses all are always going to see that we are part of a, a big cycle and a whole. So that's something important also to acknowledge in astrology, because in astrology, we are not going to divide like the, the body and the soul and the body and the spirit. 
So for us astrologers, the moon and to, to have, um, to really look at the faces of the moon is very important because the moon is going to be the reminder that there's always going to be a cycle, a cycle of the whole and we are part of the whole. So the underworld is going to be part of us and the great mother or the moon is always going to, um, to remind us that uh, after death we have regeneration. So that's uh, something very, very important. We have in Catalhuyuk, I don't know if you know about Catalhuyuk, but Catalhuyuk is very, very ancient. Uh, it's uh, a culture that's uh, recently really uh, discovered. It's in, in Turkey and they buried their, their death in their home. So, and they have this mother goddess that always gave birth to their uh, bulls or oxes. So, and when someone died, they didn't bury their death outside their home. So this, uh, the, their loved ones were buried in their home. And that was the reminder that there wasn't really death. That was always this regeneration that always there was a rebirth that always people uh, came back, regenerated. So this is uh, the, the philosophy of, or the mystical um, um, well, uh, thinking of, of the moon. So uh, the first um, human beings always saw, saw the cycles of the moon reflected their own cycles in the moon. So when we get in touch with the cycles of the moon, we get to acknowledge what is happening inside of us also, that things happen and things are going to pass too. So when we as astrologers see like the transits or so, sometimes when when people come for a lecture and they say, or for a reading and they say, oh, I'm having now this Saturn squaring my sun. And I think one of the beautiful things of astrology is that when we acknowledge that things pass and we have something to learn with every cycle, with every transit, with every movement of the moon. So to, to look at our moon and our moon progressions and how the moon moves in our chart is something so beautiful. It's so incredible to get in touch with that. So the moon is one of the most ancient gods that were related to the moon was Osiris. So he, he was the one who had control over the floods and over the water. So always water is going to be very related to the moon too. So the moon, the water of the moon, so they say the element of the moon is the water because we have the floods. And when, when the earth dries like Demeter, that she, she, when she got angry, she, she, she stopped the, the crops to grow and there was no water. 
So when there is no water, there is no life. So the moon is also the giver of life and of death too. So when you were talking about the, the triple goddess, so we are going to always have another animal that's going to be very related to the, to the moon, that's the spider. The spider is always like uh, making this, um, we, we are going to have the three moiras too. And the three moiras, the representations are the representations of destiny. So they are, uh, these three are going to be sawing your destiny. One is going to give you life. The other is going to make the evolution. And the third one is going to cut the thread. So that happens to when, when babies are born, when babies are born with their umbilical cord, we have to, uh, to cut the umbilical cord and that also means that sometimes that being born is the beginning of your death uh, and of a cycle where you are apart from your mother when you are individual and then you, you can grow. So uh, the, this is the goddess of destiny that unfolds her three figures that are the past, the present and the future. So the trinity of these uh, goddesses are always going to speak about these three parts of your destiny, the past, present, and the future, and the cut of the umbilical cord at the time of birth, and the cut of the thread at the time of death, had a direct relationship with destiny. So the triple goddess will be universal. It's a universal mother. So we are going to see many goddesses that are related to this triple, um, triple personality. So the triple uh, feminine wisdom. So it's always like uh, the, the girl who is getting her first period, then the girl who gets married, and the girl who has her first child. And this one is always related to Hera, to Hera's Zeus uh, wife. So Hera or Juno or Zeus or Jupiter. So she is always going to be have this triple part of the triple goddess. So the, the most ancient uh, triplicity we are going to see it uh, represented by Persephone, Demeter, and Hecate. Those were the triple goddesses. So first, during Neolithic times and during the first Greeks, they saw only the triple goddess. Later, they put the fourth goddess too. So later, they, they included also uh, the fourth because one was Aphrodite, was the one of the morning. Then Hera or Juno was the one representing the afternoon. Demeter and Ceres were representing, was representing the dawn and Cora, Persephone and Ecate, the night. So that was the, 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 the meaning 
or how it changed from the triple goddess to the fourth, four faces of the moon. So the moon, as she is also the carrier of the eternal light, she was always, uh, uh, um, she was also giving this part of immortality. So we have all these uh, uh, foods that give us the eternal life. So every, every culture had their own, uh, like ambrosia. The soma was for the Vedas or the haoma for the Midras, the mana for the Jewish people, the met for the Nordic mythology and honey for the Egyptians. Ambrosia for the Greeks, originally it is the nectar of the god that comes from, from the plants that bees use to make honey. So bee is going to be always very, the bees, the, the, the queen bee is always going to be very related to the, to the goddesses and also to the moon. And especially from, for, for Artemisa, Diana or Artemisa and for Hecate. So the bee is the animal that's going to be the, the animal representative for these two uh, goddesses. And then we are going to have this other, other triple goddesses that's going to be Diana or Artemisa, Selene and Hecate, those three. So Selena, the, Selena is one of the most ancient, and then she she she's going to turn into Artemisa, and later Hecate is going to be uh, the daughter of Clytemestra and Agamemnon. And well, there's a beautiful myth uh, relating to to Hecate, and it's that. Agamemnon was going to kill a deer and Artemisa told him, don't do that. Please don't do that. This deer is sacred. So I don't want you to do that. But he, he felt very empowered and he killed this deer, this beautiful deer. And, and, and Artemisa or Diana, she, she got so, so mad that she said, do you know, I'm, I'm going to punish you. And now you have to sacrifice your daughter, Iphigenia. And Clitemestra was so, so, so angry about that. And he sacrificed her. And it is said that Artemisa didn't kill her, didn't let uh, Agamemnon at, at the end kill her. And um, this Iphigenia uh, developed into Hecate. So that is why these three uh, goddesses are always related. So Selene uh, and is the sister of Helios and of Io, Helios the sun god and Io the dawn. And Selene was the one always responsible to to carry with her carriage the, the moon and Helios the sun and Eos the dawn was the one who, who put them always together. 
Later, it developed that Silene got into Artemisa or Diana and Helios, the son Apollo. So that changed by, with the time, the mythology adapted and changed. And that's why uh, we have these triple goddesses together. But uh, you have to remember that we have these four phases and the four phases are going to, to, to tell us that the moon, the name of the moon, the name of the goddesses of the moon, we are going to have a lot of goddesses related to the moon. That is excellent. What a descriptive so far. We're at the half hour and we'll take a short announcement, very short, and come right back with Ursula Stockter of, of, oh my goodness, of triple goddess mythology of the moon and a representative of Ursula's down in Mexico. I mean, do look on the site and check out all of her attributes. Okay, we'll be right back. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Sagittarius, ruled by the largest of all planets, Jupiter, the Roman god, or Zeus by the ancient Greeks. By leaving a cycle based on power and powerlessness of life and death and regeneration involving committed relationships, Sagittarius energy finds meaning for an expanded perspective and potential for actualization in their search for truth. As a mutable fire sign depicted by the centaur, Sagittarius is adventurous and seeks the beyond. Sagittarius travels to far places, physically and mentally, to find the truths of life. Throughout the entire month of December, Talk Cosmos is giving away a beautiful 2020 moon calendar for those of you listening during any broadcast of Talk Cosmos on KKNW, just give us a call at 888-298-5569 and Talk Cosmos will mail you this unique 2020 moon calendar designed by Ursula Stockter, who is an astrologer, painter, and Mexico representative for Kepler Latino America Astrology Software at Ursula's Cultural Center in Mexico City. And it can be yours by calling 888-298-5569. Salutations from space. This is storyteller Gemini Brett, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we peek through the veil at astrology's ancient archetypes. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. What fun. That was tremendous. You know, the past astrologers have been on the show, and Gemini Brett's been on a couple of times now, and it's by rotation, just, um, uh, what's the wonderful word, not serend- um, synchronicity. And so, yes, this is so tremendous. It was great to hear his voice, too. Well, tonight is December 7th, repeating on the 12th in the morning at 7 for 6 o'clock for those that are listening. And t- 
Tonight's guest is Ursula Stockter in Mexico City of Ursula's.com.mex. And, and Ursula, you were talking about the moon and its great triplicity, but also the four faces. And there's so many thoughts. If uh, I'll listen more, I have thought I can add things, but you are, uh, this is wonderful. <laughs> Please add things, whatever you, you well, feel you know, like. One thing, we- yeah, one thing I'm thinking, I clipped newspaper articles out. And since Hecate, you know, is of the underworld and that whole cycle of life and death, as you brought out beautifully, it is amazing that just now, I mean, we just passed, we're in the energy of the uh, galactic center at 27 degrees uh, Sagittarius have been, and the sun will be there on the 27th, actually, of December. But also, we're at what Philip Sedgwick calls the galactic attractor, which is a whole nother thing I was looking up. But the point is of the underground. Here we have, uh, this was, when was this? This is on the 27th. It says that Native Americans here in the state of the United States hold their 50th gathering of grief. And it was just amazing energy because it it relates back to the idea that, um, well, it'll be the 400th anniversary commemorating the pilgrims landing in 1620. But really what happened was a lot of territory was taken away from the native peoples. And so there's some grief involved. And stories need to be told. Another one... One other I'll mention. Well, actually, there's two more. This one is a woman who's 92 and uh, lived in Germany uh, of the Jewish uh, faith. And she has a story where she was able, she was saved, you could say, from death through the dreadful World War II because there was another man like Schindler that we know about in the movies but he saved thousands, like four thousands. I guess Schindler saved one. So there must have been several people that did this. But she's ninety-two and sharp as a tack and running around writing books and and talking about this. And his name was Kalem Kalman well anyway, it's C A L M E Y E R. But the point is that's another story about our life and the death. But the last one I noticed because I don't always see these tremendously powerful stories, is this one about Egypt's mummified uh, ibis. There were millions of them in ibis, which are tiny little mummified, I think, little bugs that were uh, little animals there that were beetles. They're scarab beetles. Oh yes, the 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 beetles. They are. They have a relationship also with with the bees. Oh, good. Well, then that was a perfect okay, <laughs> lead on. <laughs> Thank you, Ursula. Uh-huh. Yes, um, yes. They have. Uh, uh, they say that Ra, Ra, when he cried, he cried. Bees from his oh. eyes came bees down, and so. The water and then all the vegetation was born from from these 
from his tears bees. Oh, and tears are salty. It must have stung like the bee, but what a life force. Well, yes, that... it's an incredible life force. And Einstein said that whenever the bees are dead, uh, die, the whole world is going to die. Yes. So um, I, I really, we really have to keep and take care of our bees. But well, uh, I can explain you some more about the relation, but um, I would like to ask, uh, tell something because usually people do not know what Maya really means. Maya is mother, it's the illusion. It's also the first step into our unconscious world for Jung. But Maya really means illusion. Comes from the verbal root ma, measure, conform, build, create, show or exhibit. It is said that Maya has three hidden powers of thought and dream that occur during through art, ritual and meditation and are the power to watch the power of projecting and the power of relieving. And there has also been uh, some investigation they, that they have done about bees. Bees are so, so smart that they can really um, identify different, different paintings and different paintings for, from different painters. So, so important that. But um, I would like to go on. If, if you oh, want, please do that. That was do not mind. No, oh, I would love it, and I and I'm <laughs> that's so fascinating. Bees yeah. can, yeah, that the, the, their power of that. That's that's food for thought. Okay. Yes, the, the power of of the dog. That's that these two animals that are always next to Ekate and the dog and the bees both. Both the bees representing eternal life and the dog that guides Ekata into the underworld and is the, 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 the guide of the mysteries of, of these goddesses. So <clears throat> that's really nice. But I would like to, to, to name part of these, all these great mother goddesses that if we, we, we see the, the star of the, the eight-pointed star is the mother goddesses. It's four plus four. If we uh, are four years old, is, it's sad that your soul enters really your body. It's when your soul really takes, <coughs> takes this um, um, uh, power of your body and it's it's related also to the fourth house to the fourth sign and the eight is four plus four it's going to be related to your eighth house and to your eighth sign and the spider is going to be related also to these mother goddesses that are going to spine your your to, to make the thread, the spinners of your destiny. <coughs> so if we have these goddesses, we can talk about Athenea. She is the goddesses of civilization and the wisdom. Then we have Persephone. 
she is going to be the, the, the goddess representing the underworld. We, have, we are going to have Aphrodite or Venus and she is going to be the universal attraction. She's always like using this, using this attraction to manipulate even people or things. Hera or Yuno, who is going to have the power and fraternal power, the power of the fraternal power. Selene or Artemisa, the cosmic mother and the midwife, because Artemisa is going to be the midwife. And Artemisa is also, um, she, is, she had her temple in Ephesus. And later they have made a relationship between the Virgin Mary and Artemisa. So they say that the Virgin Mary lived in Ephesus where the, this temple of Artemisa was, and she even died there. So then we have Demeter, Ceres, the mother earth, and we have Ecate, and she is going to be the goddess of the hidden wisdom. So uh, the Demeter and the, the Leucis, she's also very important and she's going to, uh, there's also going to be this triple goddess and the relationship with Ecate and Persephone. When Persephone was abducted by Hades, the one who saw this abduction and was the, the, the one who, who, who told later Demeter was Ecate. Ecate was the one who saw who abducted Persephone. So there is going to be another tri triad that we, we that, that are related to Ecate. So Ecate is going to be related to the four, four phases. She's going to be related to the triad with, with uh, Selene, with Artemisa, and with Ecate. And then we are going to have also Demeter, Persephone, and Ecate. So these are also, this is another tribe we, we can see. But uh, Demeter is going to be the goddess that was linked to the immortality and to the anima mundis. So the anima mundis, why? Because when she was so, so mad, she was, she, she, she was rearing this Demophon, this, this son of this King Celestius and, and Queen Metaneira and Eleusis. And she was the one who, who was uh, giving only air to Demophon and also this Ambrosia, this typical Ambrosia that we, we it's the meat you, 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 that I, I already talked about it. And, uh, she, that's why she, both Persephone and Dionysius are also personifications of Demeter. And she, they are considered as other aspects of the anima mundi or the soul of the world. So together with Ecate, they are also considered that they are part of this soul of the world. So Selene, what happens to the, that's also interesting because in mythology, we are going to have this catharskerism. I don't know how you say it in English, but it's one myths, they are translated into stars. So the, the myths, uh, uh, then we, we find them in the stars. 
And what happens here with Selene, Selene, Selene is um, the, the daughter of Hyperion and Kia. And she is going to be the sister of Helio and of Eos. And she is going to fall in love with Edimion. He, he was uh, the one, a, a keeper, a cattle keeper. And she falls in love with him, terribly in love. And she asks, please, Zeus, to, to let her uh, be in love. So she is going to love Edimion and she's going to kiss him every night on the lips. So that uh, he dies and Selene uh, granted her the request to, to be in love. So we are going to have then several uh, myths that are going to be related to the stars, to the fixed stars or to the stars. The other one is going to be related with uh, Diana or Artemisa with uh, Callisto. Callisto, she had, uh, Artemisa had her Pleiades and Callisto was one of these beautiful, beautiful Pleiades that were part of her court. Zeus fell in love with, with her and she, he transformed himself in Artemisa. And so they both had made love. And uh, there was a boy that was born, Arcas was born. And when Aphrodite, um, when Artemisa knew about that uh, love relationship, she got very angry and she put her outside her, her she couldn't be anymore a player. So she was, she, she, Hera was also very angry and wanted to kill uh, this Callisto. And Zeus uh, didn't let that happen. So he transformed her into the bear. And Argos is the little bear, the Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. It's this uh, myth that's related to Artemisa and to Callisto. And there's another myth that's very important uh, relating to Artemisa. It's the myth of Orion. Artemisa fall, really falls in love with Orion. She was very fond of Orion and she wasn't really, uh, when she was very little, she went to Zeus and she told her father that please, uh, she wouldn't like to fall in love with any man and that she only wanted to dress with a very short skirt so she can run and she didn't want to have dolls and anything like that she only wanted to be with her animals arcos means bear so she is really the goddess relating to the bear but she falls in love and apollo and Diana or Artemisa, they had a very, very close relationship. And Apollo got really, really mad and very angry that Artemisa was falling in love. Then he goes to her and he tells her, do, uh, do you know, let's make a bet with Orion and who is going to run faster? So he tells Orion, oh, I know you are very, 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 very good swimmer. So 
go into the sea and start swimming and do you see over there over there over there very far away so uh, there is something you have to reach so orion he feels he's very very strong and he starts to swim and to swim and then apollo goes to to artemisa and tells her do you know, uh, I know you are very, very good with your arrow and your, your um, how do I say it, flecha? Arrow. So do you see this little point over there? Very, very, uh, I bet you can't hit it. Well, Artemisa goes and hits that and she kills Orion. So she was so, so, so sad. During nine days, she was weeping and weeping and weeping and crying and crying and crying. And until she took the decision to throw the body of Orion to the sky. And so we have the constellation of Orion in the sky. And also the dog of Orion is Sirius, the dog who was always howling and crying for his master. So we are always going to have all these stories that are very nice when we relate to the to the stars, to the to the to the fixed stars. But um, Artemisa was the the goddess of the hunt, but she was also the protector of the the animals. And there is a story in his sanctuary. She has a sanctuary that's. Uh, Roronia sanctuary of Artemisa. And she, she had like uh, in Athens with Athenea, there was, were all these little girls and there was this bear, Diana's or Artemisa's bear. And one of these bears started to, to they, they had a problem. The girl started to cry or to to yell, and the bear got like she also got scared, and he he scratched this little girl, and this little girl uh, got so angry that she killed this bear. So Artemisa was so so terribly angry at these girls that she made all these girls be in her temple for five years and to behave like little cubs. So for Artemisa, it was very, very important that hunting had a, a very, very specific, um, you couldn't hunt only for hunting. If you hunted uh, an animal without permission or without a specific sacrifice, she really got very, very angry. So then we have all these Ecate that we are going to have this relationship also with Ecate. But Ecate is the daughter of Perseus and Asteria. Perseus is the one uh, hero that's more related to this um, the hero travel that what Joseph Campbell says, the, the um, we have the the travel of the hero i don't know oh yes the, how, how you call it much. well Perseus is the one who is more related to that and they really had a nice relationship Perseus and asteria and 
there's this other version where they say that Ecate is not the daughter of, of um, Agamemnon, it's not Iphigenia, it's uh, the daughter of Perseo and Asteria. So in myths, you are always going to find different points of view. So that's a little bit difficult in, in when you study myths, but it's also the interesting part. So Ecate is also going to be identified with the, the myth of Artemis, but also with Demeter, as I told you. Selene, Artemis, Ecate, or Demeter, Persephone, and, and Demeter. So we have these two. So she is going to be the witness the, uh, about the abduction of uh, Persephone, also powerful goddess of the earth, the sea, and the sky, representative of the three phases of the moon, birth, transformation, and death. And her animals are going to be in her temple. If you go into Google and see the temple of Artemis, you're going to see also the horse. The horse, the dog, and the snake and the torch are also going to be part of Ecate's uh, animals. He, the snake, uh, then a woman, it's going to be a woman strongly connected with her instincts and the tonic life. Tonic life means the life that's part of the underworld. She's also uh, known as the bee goddess since bees and butterflies belong together as image of the great goddess and regeneration. And there's a very, a very, very interesting, if you go and look for bee goddess, the temple of Teola, you're going to see this bee goddess with its two winged dogs. Uh, so that's also this, um, this uh, representation of Ecate. Uh, and something that's also very interesting is we are going to have this uh, Artemista, Artemisa Polymastia, the one that has like a lot of uh, uh, boobs, and they are they aren't really boobs. It's um, they say it's the testicles of the the, the bull, or it's like little little backs. And on the side of this Artemis Polymastia, you are going to see a lot of little bees. These little bees are also the, the signification of, of this um, uh, of this Artemisa or of Ecate. So she is always going to be the, the goddess of regeneration, the same like in Katalhuyuk, the, the mother goddess also is the one who's always going to give life. So she is the, the giver of life too. So that, that, that's very interesting. And um, in Apollo, when we want, go to his Delphos, um, to, to this Omophalos, the, the oracle, the Delphos oracle, the Omophalos has always this, um, it's like, it's built like a beehive. So the Omophalos is shaped like a beehive. Baphos Greece, the, the site of Aphrodite's tomb. So wow. the tombs in also in Egypt, 
they are going to be built like beehives because that means the eternal life. So it's the regeneration and it's your opportunity to to get born again. Oh, Ursula, thank you. This is ideal. You know, when you're speaking about the spider and the thread spinning our destiny and that Artemis just despised hunting that wasn't with purpose. I think of the buffalo here in the United States that was extinct, not really extinct, but demolished. And we and here, as far as this Gemini new moon, it's saying, please listen, respect and love our nature and rethink what we're doing. I This has been thrilling. I must say that next week, just because we have a few minutes left, that the speaker will be Laura Tad, a PhD, Dr. Laura Tad, and she will be covering a couple of weeks. The she's going to talk about how Capricorn are uh, and Saturn are being, uh, or not Saturn, but about Jupiter and Saturn because we're being preempted on one week. But anyway, all that will come up. And this is with Ursula Stockter from Ursula's dot com mexico and i guess i have like 20 seconds ursula thank you it's i'll let you say goodbye and thank you Uh, goodbye and thank you so much sue for letting me speak and giving me this opportunity to share this theme that's so so important for me and i love so so much oh yes And this calendar, I know many people will be happy with. So call in next week. (laughs) Right. Great. Wonderful. Okay. uh, Until again. (laughs) Thanks. Goodbye and thank you so, so much. All right. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.